Welcome into week nine of the 2021 NFL season, and this is the QB List Podcast. I am Callan, joined with AJ as always. And normally this is the part where I introduce AJ, we do a little brief introduction, talk about how lucky we got in fantasy football this week, but we have a lot to get to on the waiver show, so I'm basically just going to skip all the introductions. Uh, as that's all right with you, AJ, you can, as always, find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslicker. He's AJ Passman on Twitter, but we got some breaking news pretty early on Monday as we're recording this that we need to dive Oof. into as soon yeah. as possible that the best running back in football and Derrick Henry is going to miss what they're saying is six to 10 weeks, but sounding pretty gloom for that. And you're going to need to replace him on your fantasy football rosters. If you've had him, because if you're, you've had him, you're probably in a good spot right now. And we need to help you figure out how you're going to keep the ship afloat with, by losing one of your the superstar players. So as always, just real quick, the running backs that you won't have this week are in other positions are from the following teams. The Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington football team. So how are you going to replace Derrick Henry? Well, there's a few options. First, you have the Tennessee backfield, who the next man up is. They made some signings. They have some guys. Who knows what's going to happen? So AJ, how are you evaluating this Tennessee backfield? Where are you looking? What's your outlook on, on that right now? Well, it's sad. You, you know, it's it, it's it's funny. Everybody plays, you know, so, some people like to do the insurance back uh, strategy. But, I mean, there's there's no replacing King Henry, Tractorcito, as he is not called by anyone I know, but as he <laughs> is maybe called by some people. Do you call him that? I, I've never even heard the, the name <laughs> stuff. This is, that was a first to me. Yeah, he's just the uh, – I, I just call him King Henry because he is an absolute king. Um, and unfortunately there is no King in, in Tennessee. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, uh, obviously he is, you know, he is up at that McCaffrey Dalvin cook level the, when those three guys go down, which actually all three have gone down at different points. We're still without McCaffrey. Um, so it is, um, it is rough, but, um, so the, the thing with, with Henry is you're not going to replace him in, in Tennessee, uh, I don't see them changing. Uh, I don't see them changing too much from being a run-oriented offense, but they're gonna have to change more than most other teams would. So, so I'll say that with all of a caveat that I still think they're gonna want to run the ball. Obviously, they're not gonna be able to do it the same way as they did with with Derrick Henry. Um, so there's probably gonna be a little bit more of a split between, you know, um, passing down work and early down work. Um, you know. Right up until right up until we were uh, writing kind of the show notes, Callan, we were talking about, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols kind of being somebody you spend all your fab on. And then uh, they just signed Adrian Peterson and there's a decent chance they might sign somebody else. So, um, you know, the uh, the other thing about the, the Titans um, uh, backfield that a name not maybe not everybody's familiar with Darrington Evans. He was kind of supposed to be the the backup kind of rushing back to Derrick Henry, but right before Henry went out, uh, he, uh, the Titans put, uh, Evans on season engine on injured reserve for the second time in the season. So he's out. Uh, so now, I mean, it's, it, it, it's pretty bleak as far as, you know, a high value, you know, slot them right in and expect to kind of get that, you know, low end running back one value. There's just not that there in Tennessee. And so, kind of a theme for this week. I mean, it's fitting that it was Halloween uh, this week because we've kind of got the ghosts of running back past here. We've got Adrian <laughs> Peterson who just got signed. We've got Jordan Howard uh, playing in Philadelphia. We've been, you know, Callan, I mean, we, we have to keep each other accountable. We've both recommended Peyton Barber on this podcast this season. So it is a, it is a free for all right now, but, um, but yeah, AP all day, Peterson, he was signed. And honestly, I think right now, um, in, unless the Titans sign someone else before the trade deadline, uh, which the good thing is the trade deadline ends Tuesday, um, November 2nd. So you will get to know kind of what the final deals are before you put in those final waiver uh, claims. But right now it seems like Adrian Peterson probably has the most long-term value in the backfield. Um, you know, I, right now, I mean, the, the Titans are kind of quietly sitting at six and two. So the good thing is they're like three games up in their division. 
and they're almost a lock to make the playoffs. Um, the hope is, and Callan, I don't know. I mean, what it, it seems like Derrick Henry might be able to come back for the postseason. That's what I've heard. It, it, the timetable they said is six to ten, and Henry is a freak of nature. So I could see him pushing this through and then not rushing him back. So it would not shock me if he's out there for the postseason, maybe even very late in the season, like the final week or two push. But if I'm Tennessee, I'm not banking on it. So it's going to be very interesting. So like you said, keep an eye. Go ahead. (laughs) Keep an eye on the trade deadline. As you're listening to the show on Tuesday, they may trade for somebody else. But as of right now, where we sit, it's Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols. And you were kind of getting into this. Let's say hypothetically, this is the backfield. They don't, they sign someone else that's a practice squad guy or whatever. And it's just the special teams that these two are the backs that they'll run with the rest of the season. How are you prioritizing in fab? How much fab are you spending on them? Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, at this point in the, at this point in the season, if you have fab, this is, you know, there might not be a better time to, to go in on it. So, I mean, if you're, you know, if you have actually kind of made it through, you know, all the Damian Williams, the Trey Sermon, all of those things, uh, Eli Mitchell, um, and you have sizable fab, I mean, I can't believe, you know, uh, Hey, here we are, you know, it's, we're coming into week nine and, you know, I, I think Adrian Peterson might be your best bet. Um, but again, you know, look, keep an eye, keep an eye on the trades. Um, you know, there, there's a potential, um, you know, names that have been floating around everybody from David Johnson to Melvin Gordon. Um, I don't think Marlon Mack is going to get traded because the, the, um, the Colts just released Jordan Wilkins. Um, and so it's not really a move you want to make if, if you're, if you're thinking that you're going to already lose some running back depth, but who knows Jordan Wilkins, (laughs) Jordan Wilkins might, might, might end up on on the titans so um definitely keeping keep an eye on the trade trade deadline but i would say adrian peterson is probably my best long-term bet i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play a whole lot in this first week just because they have to get him to practice squad then activate him um so jeremy mcnichols might be a better play this week but if i'm looking at the rest of the season I, i'm prioritizing uh peterson yeah and they have the rams this coming week so no matter what you probably wouldn't start adrian peterson in his first week with a brand new team, but I want to see how Jeremy McNichols is used. We've kind of said this throughout with these pass catching running backs that they tend to have a little bit more value. And I kind of see it that way. I almost see McNichols as that change of pace, third down guy where PPR value comes in, which is why we said Kenneth Gainwell be so good. Whoops. Um, But just how we, how I tend to view these backfields is I like to look for the PPR value. Like we've been raving about JD McKissick. We've been talking about, we mentioned Jarek McKinnon as a chief guy to keep an eye on, but because of that value, Peterson will be fine. He'll fill the Henry role, but I always, I only, I also wonder if they change the offense slightly to where they still want to run the ball, but they're going to win the games because of Ryan Tannehill and that passing attack. Now and Peterson gets, I don't know, fifteen carries a game instead of the twenty-five that Derrick Henry was getting. So he'll see still valuable. You absolutely need to get Adrian Peterson because he's going to be the lead first and second now guy. But I wonder if McNichols is better for PPR because of the what I see as a potential passing game shift. But it's going to be very interesting. I think this game against LA will be very telling. But both of them are readily available. Adrian Peterson is only 5% rostered in Yahoo, and Jeremy McNichols is 7% rostered. Go make sure you get a Titans running back on your roster as long as they don't make a trade. And then if they make a trade, we'll react accordingly. So transitioning over, you mentioned the ghosts of running backs past, and we have another one that you did not mention. James Robinson is day-to-day with an injury. He may sound like he could miss some time, but we're keeping an eye on that. The next man up for them, of course, is Carlos Hyde, Urban Meyer's Ohio State get friend. AJ, where do, you, where do you rank Carlos Hyde in terms of these, in the Peterson and McNichols? How do you, what kind of fab are you dropping on him? Where do you see Carlos Hyde for this week? Yeah, when James Robinson went out, it looked like, you know, a potential multi-week, if not season ender, just, you know, when whenever you get taken off the field, um, it's it's not a good sign. But um, but news news came out on Monday that um, it seems like it's not going to be that serious. He's officially listed as day to day, which to me, it seems like, you know, it, you know, they haven't ruled him out for for week nine. So um, I don't think. 
right now it seems like it's going to be that long of an absence, but I do, I, I do think there's a good chance that he misses at least one week. Uh, so, you know, I don't think the Jags are necessarily playing for too much um, this, this season. So um not a great reason to risk it, but obviously it's Urban Meyer, so I don't know what what he's going to do. Uh, but I, I I'd say Carlos Hyde is a is a great uh, one week f- fill in. Uh, so if you are, um, you know, kind of right at that five hundred mark, you're a little bit below, or you you know kind of need a win to stay to keep your playoff hopes alive, uh, then Carlos Hyde could be exactly what you need as like a fill in plug and play RB two um, with plenty of risk that they completely go away from him, but also with um, you know, what should be some, some more guaranteed volume. Yeah. And you look at what, what he did last week. He had eight targets after James Robinson left the game, which you never think of Carlos Hyde as a great pass catcher, but they're going to use some of that. And you look at the matchup this week against Buffalo, they're going to be throwing the ball to keep up. So if Lawrence just continues to dump it off, like he did the Hyde last week, Hyde will have some good value as that one week fill in and maybe even a little bit more. He's day to day, but we know how these things work in the NFL where it's day to day. And then it turns out to be week to week. So, Go get Carlos Hyde. He's going to be, he's got a matchup. He can possibly get involved with the passing game. He played 75% of the snaps after James Robinson left. So he's the clear one. There's no one really else behind him. I don't even think that it's like other backfields where we have a second guy who has had some speculative value. It's Hyde and nobody else for that offense for Jacksonville in terms of running back. So go get him. I think he's due for a, a good first game. Imagine us talking about Carlos Hyde and Adrian Peterson in week nine of 2021. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, I mean, temper your expectations because they are going up against Buffalo in week nine. So there is, you know, uh, it's like we said at the top, it's bleak. (laughs) It's going up against maybe the best defense in the league right now, other than the Rams. So um, and that's and that's who uh, Adrian Peterson is going against. So um, it's 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 tough sledding out there. Yeah, it's very. But like we said, there are running backs you have to replace this week due to bye weeks with with uh with Swift with Carson obviously Carson being hurt but Fournette's been starting Gibson you're putting in your lineups so you may you're gonna need these guys and that's what we're here to try and help but so I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize for this next player you and I were raving about <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell as well as most of the fantasy football industry go to get Kenneth Gainwell and it seemed like the right play he was the clear number two and uh he was brutal last week he had a, he only had eight carries and it was a lot late in the fourth quarter and garbage time against the Lions and Boston Scott ran for two touchdowns. Jordan Howard ran for two touchdowns with four goal line, all at the goal line. So it looks like this is a, a messy backfield where possibly Boston Scott is the lead guy. So AJ, how are you handling Philadelphia? Miles Sanders was placed on IR prior to last week, so he will miss three games. So we're going to have to figure this backfield out somehow. How are you evaluating it right now? What kind of fab are you looking to do to try and get Scott or Howard? this is the world for the desperate men and women of fantasy football, because if I can help it, I'm, I'm not doing anything with the Philadelphia backfield. (laughs) I was, you know, I I think we were both kind of uh, fading Miles Sanders before he even got hurt. Um, This, this offense is impossible to predict. Um, It can go from bad. um, And then some weeks it's, it's pathetic. So um, it's, it, it's hard to know exactly what to do again. I mean, Gainwell was the, I mean, do you remember when at the beginning of the season, Kenneth Gainwell took Boston Scott job, Boston Scott's yep. job from him. And then kind of out of nowhere, Jordan Howard kind of comes onto the scene, gets activated late last week. And Kenneth Gainwell got, I, I think he got one carry in the first three quarters of the game. Now, the the maybe the bright side for the Gainwell truthers out there is that they're not going to be playing Detroit every week. They're not going to be putting up this many points and running out the clock like this. Um, Gainwell definitely showed some uh, more promise toward the beginning of the season as being able to be a pass catcher, as being um, very versatile. Um, and the fact that he's a rookie, the Eagles organization seemed to want to kind of invest in him. But I honestly don't don't know what to do with this backfield because it seems like uh, the Eagles the Eagles coaching staff really likes certain body types, and I think when they look at Jordan Howard, they go, "Hey, that's a guy who can be a great goal line back for us." And so they're going to give him, you know, half of those carries at the goal line, and Boston mm-hmm. Scott, you know, took the other one. So, um, so for me, you know, I'm staying away if I can. I'm not crazy about, um, you know. Philadelphia overall uh, with Jalen Hurts. I still think that Jalen Hurts is probably the most viable running option 
as far as fantasy goes. Um, I, I do think there's a decent chance that if that if you chase Boston Scott or Jordan Howard, Howard, then we might see a flip in week nine of Kenneth Gainwell kind of yeah. you know, leading the team or, you know, coming out with six receptions or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I wonder how much of this game was game script dependent because right. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 14 times. I can guarantee you we're not going to have any other game the rest of the season where Jalen Hurts is only going to throw the ball 14 times. They're going to be in a lot more close games. This is just a matchup dependent thing. Like we say every week, attack this Detroit Lions defense, and they did that with a bang. So I still think Gainwell could be the top guy because, he, like I said, he is the passing downs guy. He will get the work in the passing game, and they're going to have to throw the ball more in these next coming matchups against the Chargers this week. So I think Gainwell... I'm not going to drop him. I'm about to ask, would you consider dropping him just because he clearly was lower in the pecking order than we expected? Would you drop him for an Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols? Are you still trying to hold him? It's, it's close with Peterson just because I think that the volume is projected to be there. It's a little bit more guaranteed. Um, again, I mean, pending any last, you know, any deadline day deals, but, um, I, I, I'd say it's, it's really close with Peterson. I still think that Gainwell probably has more upside as an athlete, but I just don't know, uh, how the Eagles are going to use them with this kind of like three headed, not so much a monster, um, along with, along with Hertz. So, um, I, I, I would say that Tennessee, the fact that their record, you know, the fact that they're, they're kind of sitting pretty in their division. I think that, uh, you know, like you said, you know, you've got, and they're probably going to be passing a good bit more, but I think, I think they've got a little bit of time and they're going to have patience with Adrian Peterson as he gets up to, up to speed and they're going to mm-hmm. continue giving him, giving him the ball. So um, I, it, to me, it's really close. Um, it's hard for me to think I would be starting Gainwell. So that might give the slight ed- edge to Adrian Peterson, just especially if I need somebody over the next few weeks. I think I would I would agree with that. And, and the final running back who I want to talk about here is coming off his bye week, and that's Latavius Murray for the Baltimore Ravens. The best option, Baltimore. That's another one of those icky backfields we don't really like covering. But <laughs> what a year! It's what a year! Be, it's got to be mentioned. So <laughs> he's currently forty percent rostered. The Ravens are coming off their bye week. Are you trying to put some? Fabin to get Latavius Murray in this Ravens offense, which clearly is clicking right now, and you kind of want to get some sort of piece of. You know, it, if if I've got a hole where I need, you know, a, a flex option, um, you know, that, I, I think that Latavius Murray has a very limited ceiling. He has a higher limited ceiling than probably Devonta Freeman or Le'Veon Bell, but um, and and of course, apparently over Tyson Williams too. But I think you know the best you're really going to hope for, you know, something like 50, 60 yards and you hope he falls into the end zone maybe twice, you know, but that's, that's kind of, you know, that can give you that 12 to 13 points. Um, and so I think that he has one of the, he has one of the better um, opportunities uh, as far as the, the backs that are available. He's, he's available in 60% of leagues. So he's only 40% rostered in, in Yahoo league. So I still think that, you know, you go with the offense, you go with the opportunity. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to, you know, probably post, you know, RB one numbers, but I still think that um, you kind of follow, follow the, the Lamar Jackson offense. And you just, you, you hope that he falls into the end zone. And once again, keep an eye out for these trade targets. You mentioned I'll run through them fast. Who are still kind of available. David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, those are names. Melvin Gordon still could be traded, but he's owned, so he's not as important in this show. Keep an eye on those three guys. If they go anywhere with a running back heavy need, they could, will jump in this conversation as well, but we can't fully speculate on that because by the time you are placing your waiver wire bids, they will be either traded or still on their team, so you'll know what to do with them. So keep an eye for them, and they'll jump up depending on where they go, but uh, just, a, just a reminder as well. So real quick, you were going to mention a couple guys that have been getting some drop questions. First one is Damian Williams. He's 25% rostered, and he was supposed to be the next man up in Chicago. It's pretty safe to me to say he's not that next guy up. It's Khalil Herbert's the clear lead guy now. Is it safe to drop Damian Williams? Yeah, especially with uh, Chicago has has a week 10 bye coming up as well. 
Um, so anybody who's holding on to him, I know it hurts to kind of have that sunk cost from all the fab you you dropped on him. But um, Khalil Herbert's the guy, and then David Montgomery's coming back after the bye anyway. So um, yeah, it's it's time to cut bait for Williams and and free up that spot and potentially go after some of these other options today. Yeah, and another name that's been mentioned the past couple weeks whose situation got a lot more interesting with the latest news on Calvin Ridley. And real quick to address that, get well soon. Calvin, please take all the help you need. Uh, we're we're pulling for you and hope to see you on the field soon. But as soon as you're able to get the, the help you want and everything, thoughts and prayers go out with you. But with his loss for the Atlanta Falcons, Mike Davis maybe gets a little bit more interesting. And he still has kind of hasn't done much of late. 78% roster, do you drop Mike Davis for any of these backs, or has this Atlanta situation kind of opened up some opportunities for him? Yeah, you know, I'm, Mike Davis was on our drop list last week, but I think that, you know, more so than Russell Gage or Tajay Sharp or any of the other receivers in Atlanta, I think that the Calvin Ridley absence, and again, we don't know how long that's going to be. It's kind of indefinite right now. Um, but it seems like the two... Uh, the two players that benefit the most potentially from that is Hayden Hurst uh, as they, you know, may potentially play some more tight end sets and continue using uh, Kyle Pitts as more of like a hybrid receiver tight end um, or, uh, but, and also Mike Davis, because I think, I think we're going to see uh, Cordero Patterson be used similarly to that as well. They're going to need more help uh, on, on passing downs. And so I think, you know, as, as Atlanta tries to adjust without their wide receiver one, then I think Mike Davis might, you know, kind of keep getting that, that playing time again, his, um, his carries went, went back up, his snaps went back up this week after a pretty bad week seven. Um, so I think that, I think what we're going to see is Mike Davis, you know, they're going to keep giving him the rock to um, try to establish that run and continue using uh, Cordero Patterson in the passing game more, um, even more so than they have. So Adam. Yeah. Back. I, yeah. Adam back. I would still I'd rather have Adrian Peterson for him just for the guaranteed work he's going to get with Tennessee as long as the trades doesn't happen. I'd rather have, if you need a win right now, I'd rather take Carlos Hyde than him because he's going to get the work right away in Jacksonville compared to Davis where we don't fully know. He was on the field for 64% of snaps, which is a pretty nice number for what he's been, kind of a little bit more than he has seen. So it's interesting, but I would take the for sure work. But definitely if he's out there, this situation gets a little clearer where he may get be more involved than he has been. Switching over to Atlanta to the wide receiver position, of course, Calvin Ridley's absence and some of the bye weeks players, you're going to have some wide receiver spots you need to fill. And there are some interesting names. We'll start it off with the guy we mentioned last week as a stash candidate, but we'll be back from his bye week. And that's Rashad Bateman. He's 31% rostered. We sang his praises last week, but AJ, please remind people why they need to go get Rashad Bateman. Yeah, if you did not get him last week, you're in luck because he's still only rostered in 31% of leagues. In only two games, he has uh, in, in Bateman's second game with Baltimore, he tied uh, the team lead for receiving yards. So they're pretty much still funneling. They're, you know, Marquise Brown uh, got, you know, Hollywood got tons of targets. I think he got 14 targets in uh, in week seven. Uh, Mark Andrews was, was uh, second, and then right there you have Bateman third in his in his third game. So that's incredible for a rookie. It's great to see him kind of get immediately right into that um right into the the rhythm of the offense so um again it's it's baltimore it's the baltimore offense um they're gonna be they're gonna be passing lamar jackson can seem to support multiple receiving options so uh so get in on him while you can because he is he's definitely showing some of those flashes that everybody loved in the preseason yeah absolutely and i definitely want to get him on my rosters like you said if it's uh He's clearly getting the work. He's got a good matchup against the Vikings this coming week and against the Dolphins in week 10. Being in that, like we said, we're talking about Murray, that offense is something you want to get some pieces of, and Bateman is clearly emerging, and I want to make sure he's clearly the number one on for receivers for me this week. Next couple guys, we're going to group together just because they're all on the same team, and that's the Green Bay Packers receiving options just because we saw last week Randall Cobb get two touchdowns with Alan Lazard out due to COVID and Devonta Adams due to COVID. Now Alan Lazard is off COVID, the COVID list, and we'll be back for week nine. We don't know yet about Devonta Adams, so it's a situation worth monitoring. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling is close to coming back from IR and likely sounds like he will be back this week. He could have played last year potentially, but they wanted to 
ease him back for one more week. So, AJ, how are you handling this Green Bay? Say Devontae Adams does miss another week due to COVID. Who's number one mm. for you in this receiver core? How are you attacking this? Because clearly there is value for whoever the number one target is in Green Bay, especially with Robert Tunyon now out for the season. We just don't know who the heck it is. Yeah, and and that's the thing with with some of these all timer quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers is you know he'll he, he, you can end up with two touchdowns to a receiver you've never heard of before <laughs> and um it, it's and so it is a little bit hard there with um before before Marquez Valdez Scantling went out he seemed to be kind of solidifying that second receiver role so. Uh, I don't know if he'll get right back to that right away. It does seem, you know, he is designated to return. So we'll see if they activate him this week. All signs are pointing to that. They do. I think that he probably has the, uh, probably the safest rest of season value um, as an ad, but um, you know, particularly, particularly to your question, Callan, if, if Adams is out, that kind of makes me like Randall Cobb, but if Adams is in, then I would prefer to go with somebody like MVS or maybe even Alan Lazard. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, Randall Cobb, he's currently 36% rostered. So he's still out there. He had two touchdowns last week as four on the season. He's clearly out there and you wonder how quickly they'll get Alan Lazard right back in the and bolt and ballot scaling back into the games after being out for so long. So I think Cobb would be my number one as well. I like the upside for Lazard. He's someone who last year when I did the start sit show miles used to always give Eric and I heck for how low we'd rank him at times because he was in love with him. And sometimes he would hold it over our heads when Lazard would have big games. And currently he's only <laughs> 7% rostered. So I do agree with you that if the, and Mark has out of scaling for the record also is 9% rostered. So it's going to be very interesting. This is a, it's kind of a messy situation with receivers, but you know, you got to get somebody and they're all very readily available. So Try and make sure you get a piece of that offense as well. And also keep an eye on uh, Devontae Adams' status because that's going to have an an impact. So transitioning over to another NFC North team, it's the Chicago Bears, and we saw kind of some flashes of an actual good offense. Surprisingly, it happened without Matt Nagy being on the field for Chicago. Yeah. Is that coincidence? Yeah, coincidence? Maybe not. But that's for a different show. Darnell Mooney is... Right now, the number one, Allen Allen Robinson, please get traded for my fantasy roster. That'd be great. But Darnell Mooney is the one in Chicago last this last week. He had nine targets, four receptions, sixty eight yards. He's kind of been a guy we've mentioned back and forth in multiple weeks this year. So he's I've got the roster ship to be on this list. Where are you slotting Darnell Mooney? How do you feel about him this week in a a tougher match against Pittsburgh? But do you go for him for the upside? Yeah, you know, I mean, Mooney's talent has never been in question. It's it's really become about the offense, um, you know, and depending on, I mean, Justin Fields has been really, really bad for his receivers, um, but he does seem to have a little bit more of a connection with Mooney. I think that there's, you know, with, with a lot of these, with a lot of these options we've talked about, you know, I'm I'm not putting in a ton of fab for these, but I do think, you know, it's really hard to resist just the, the potential of Mooney if the bears can get right. Um, I don't think that they necessarily will. Um, there is a decent, uh, a decent matchup for Darnell Mooney ne- next week. You know, Pittsburgh is kind of this um, now, you know, stop me when I offend you, Callan, but um, you know, Pittsburgh is supposed to be this great defense and they do um, you know, they, they grade out pretty well on pass rush and in run defense, but in overall coverage grades, according to pro football focus, they're, they're 28th. In, in the how league, how dare covers. you? How dare you <laughs> so, use stats against me? So, so, so they can they can get beat by receivers. Um, so there's the opportunity. The real question is, what is the offense in Chicago going to look like? You know, like you said, Matt Nagy wasn't on the sidelines for the one, you know, for Justin Fields' breakout game, which we'll talk about him at the quarterbacks. But, um, you know, for me, I would probably prefer Mooney over uh, some of these Packers receivers, just because there seems to be a little bit more certainty there. You've got to believe that at least one receiver can be supported in Chicago. Um, so, uh, and, and I think his talent um, is also just kind of uh, beyond, beyond the rest of these guys. So he's, he's kind of up there for me, but again, it's not, it's not something I'm, uh, I, I'm still a little bit scared to start him 
but I I kind of want to I kind of want to have him on my team if he does kind of continue developing and if Justin Fields can uh, kind of bring that offense back to something at least respectable. Yeah, I think the upside for him is very great, and it'll be even bigger if Allen Robinson does get traded. Like we all are kind of hoping to see for his sake. So if that <laughs> he's happens, he's not getting traded. Can, I'm calling it. it. He's not. Yeah, getting I, traded. I hope he does, but it doesn't, <laughs> it's one of those things that we're all waiting to happen that like, unlikely will. But yeah. if he does, Mooney jumps right up to the top with Bateman for guys I want to get because of the upside he gets, and especially being the one in that offense. While not ugly, while an ugly offense, but. Being a number one is always good. So keep an eye on Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson this week in terms of uh, in terms of going to get to that guy. Speaking of trades, Deshaun Jackson has want, trying to get out of Los Angeles, which I don't get why anyone would want to be on the move from the Los Angeles Rams right now because that team is incredibly fun to watch. But with that, we're seeing some more work come Van Jefferson's way. Last week, he had six targets, three receptions for 88 yards. He's the big play deep threat that Deshaun Jackson was kind of in his prime, how we like to see that. So with that, with him potentially being on the move, do you have some interest in Van Jefferson, who's 12% rostered? I think if you need a flyer for, uh, then he can have some flex appeal. I think right now, you know, it's still kind of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and um, Daryl Henderson is playing well. So I, I would say that, you know, he's, he's worth a roster spot if you can afford it because um, again, I mean, he, you know, he'll have, he can have kind of that blow up game if you really need, you know, somebody with a really high ceiling, but you know, you have to acknowledge that he has a low floor. If there's some sort of an injury to cup or woods and either of them are unavailable, then I think Jefferson's value obviously goes up. I think he can slot right in. seems like Matt Stafford uh, trusts him and is, happy to happy to look his way but I, I i still think it's probably a little bit early for me to trust him as a starting wide receiver um but again he you know again it's it's a great offense to be a part of so there's plenty of upside there but i, I think right now the floor is probably a little bit too low uh for me to go in on you know having him on my roster spot but he's uh Deshaun jackson leaving definitely clears up a little bit um and you know, he's, he's worth a, a roster spot for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely intrigued with the upside for him. I'm not going to go as big as I would for some of these other guys because he is third, maybe even fourth with Higby, depending on the week on that pecking order, but there is a lot of upside and I want to see what that gets. And then finally for the receiver position, Devonte Parker is 35% rostered. We saw him get back on the field last week against Buffalo and jump right back into one of the lead guys in this offense with 11 targets every week he's played. He's gotten seven or more targets in the four weeks he's played this season. Now his name has popped up in trade rumors. So that's another name that's worth monitoring. But if he stays in Miami, you seem to have a lot of intrigue in him and intrigue is this Miami offense. So talk to me about Devontae Parker, why you're trying to get him. I mean, he, he's just one of those guys that, that you wish he could be on the field more. Um, but, but the encouraging sign is that when he played in, in, in week eight, he and Jalen Waddle were both able to, to stay fantasy relevant. You know, they, and they had very similar lines, you know, uh, uh, Parker went, you know, he had eight, eight receptions on 12 targets, which is a wonderful share. It's the, the he had a 34% target share for the, uh, for the Dolphins. So, um, Tua Tagovailoa doesn't, you know looked his way right away, which is always nice to see with somebody who's kind of on and off the field. Um, so I think it's a overall positive for the audience, uh, for their offense. Um, Miami's interesting right now. Anyway, I, it, their season has kind of, you know, kind of took a turn and they're probably not going to be able to bounce back from that, um, especially in their division. But um, I, I think if, if Parker plays, then he's really talented and he can, uh, he's explosive. And, they have Houston uh, in week nine. So if he's healthy, um, I would, I, I would, I would put him, you know, right into my wide receiver three slot. Yeah, definitely go get that. Keep an eye on whether he gets traded. If he does, that may hurt his value, which we wouldn't expect to really be saying, because right now he does seem to be the one in Miami compared to going somewhere else. Well, he'll likely slot in as a very solid number two, but Keep an eye on that. And if he's still in Miami, he may be higher in this on the priority list than we have him in this in this list of order we talk about guys. So we'll move over to the drop candidates. And the first one is someone we had mentioned, and that's Allen Robinson. 
He's been bad. He only had five targets last week. He's clearly down in the pecking order in Chicago. He's mentioned in trade rumors, so you may want to hold on to him. But AJ, we mentioned him last week. I don't think your opinion has changed. Do you drop Allen Robinson for any of these guys? Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of a guy I wouldn't drop him for um, at the moment. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I I'm I'm out. I, I think. Um, I also think if you watch him, you know, I, I I think he's, he's done for the year. I think he's trying to stay healthy. Um, and the 2021 season is, uh, is done for him on the bears. Yeah. If he doesn't get traded, I'm on board of the drop. I I said last week to hold on to him just for my hopes of him getting traded. But like you said, it's a, there's a chance it doesn't happen because it's the bears and they could find a way to screw this up and, not get him out of Chicago. So if he's still in Chicago by the time you're making your waiver bids tomorrow night, yeah, I think it's time to move on from him. I would agree. So next man up on this list is Odell Beckham last week. It's just a, a rough game against Pittsburgh Steelers. He saw one target, kind of was battling some injuries going into the week. He missed some time throughout the game, only played 73% of snaps. What, what are you doing with Odell Beckham? Do you drop him for any of these guys or is he someone you still want to hold with Beckham. I Beckham still has that name. And I think that people still, I think there actually might still be a little bit of trade value for, for him. Now, you know, maybe, you know, packaging him in like a two for one or something where, you know, he's that throw in to sweeten a deal. Um, but for me, I, I, I don't really, uh, I don't see OBJ getting healthy. And, you know, there were already reports, you know, he's got his shoulders that are hurt and, He's just trying to manage the pain and wait until the off season to have surgery. So it's really not something you want, especially, you know, uh, you know, with, with receivers as they get older too. Um, I mean, they, they've, they've dealt with injuries. Baker Mayfield's been hurt. I, uh, I, you know, w- when I'm looking at this, I'm going, am, am I going to start this guy? If he has one good week, am I going to start him the next week? I don't know. Uh, and it's the same with Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson scored, you know, two touchdowns this week. Would I start them the week after? Well, they're on by, but you, you know what I mean? So, so that, that lack of confidence is really just burning up a roster spot. For, so it's the same for, for Odell, for me, um, for me, I'm, I, I'm just out. I think that I'd rather have the potential of, you know, somebody like Devonte Parker or Rashad Bateman, um, you know, or maybe Darnell Mooney, or maybe, you know, even, even the, the gaggle of green Bay receivers. Yeah, I think I'm, kind of a, a similar boat. I still believe in the upside, so I don't know if I'm fully ready to drop him before someone like Bateman with the upside. There's a couple guys on this list who I probably would drop him, but he's not a 100% sure drop like Robinson would be if he doesn't get traded. And then the same guy, same guy, same boat. Robinson is a similar boat as the next guy on the list, Robbie Anderson. I'm not even going to let you talk about him because I just need to get this off my chest. I'm going to drop him. He's been Go. someone I, I had touted him in my head during the preseason. He was someone I tried to get on a fair amount of rosters. Yeah, it's time. He dropped him. He had one target last week and no catches against the pitiful Atlanta Falcons offense. Sam Darnold's concussed. He may not play this week, but maybe PJ Walker. It's ugly. I'm done with Robbie Anderson. People are starting to see that. I may have held on too long. Yeah, get him off your roster and probably for almost every guy on this list. I'm done with him. Now moving over to the tight end position. That's where I get <laughs> that off my chest a little bit. You feel better? A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little thing. And I'm, because I'm feeling so good, I'm going to start with a Steeler player for this list. Pat Fryermuth had a very good week for the Steelers. He had seven targets, four receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. May not be the number one guy on the list, but I want to start with him because I'm feeling good about talking about Robbie Anderson. So, AJ, tell me why I should continue feeling good and why Pat Fryermuth is someone you should be getting on your rosters. Yeah, go get him. I mean, for sure. I, You know, I, I think that the one hesitation with Pat Fryermuth is that the Steelers offense is not, it's not going to pass as much. It's just not going to have as many offensive plays. They're a little bit slower paced. Obviously big Ben, you know, he's just lumbering around on the field. Um, so, so, so the passing, the overall passing volume isn't as high as maybe some of the other teams, but um, when you're looking at tight ends, you know, you don't necessarily want to chase touchdowns. So, but that's not what we're doing with Farmer. He did have a touchdown in week eight, but he, but he ran routes on 75% of passing plays. And that's what you want to follow with tight ends. So all of the tight ends we're going to talk about today are ones that are just continually running routes. And, you know, 
and and that that's that's a great way to see you know are they pass blocking or are they running routes so all of these tight ends um, you want to look for the ones who have high a high percentage of of routes run on on dropbacks so Fryermuth seventy-five um, percent uh, running route. So he ran around on twenty-four, thirty-two dropbacks, and that led to seven targets. So um, that's great. That's great usage to to chase. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. He's clearly taking that sort of look that Juju Smith-Schuster had on his team with the shorter, safer routes and jumping right in and battling Claypool as kind of a number two passing option. That's not Najee Harris in this offense. So I'm very intrigued. You're going to be without. TJ Hawkins this week about Rob Gronkowski. So you may need to fill the tight end void. And Pat Fryer move is a great option as he goes up against the Chicago Bears this week. So while Fryer move may not be the number one on your list for this week, he is number one in my heart. So I want to talk about him first. But who is your favorite tight end option to replace these guys this week and possibly for the long term? My favorite. So my number one tight end ad is, is probably Dan Arnold in Jacksonville. Um, ever since he got traded from the Panthers, he's, you know, we've kind of seen him, you know, kind of take that first week where he, he couldn't play. And then he's just continued to be more and more involved in the offense. Um, and again, like we talked about the route, the route running, he, he ran around on 91% of passing plays for Jacksonville, got 10 targets, eight receptions, 68 yards. And you, that's, that's just exactly the kind of usage that you want. Yeah, I, we've kind of touted him for a few weeks now as a, after that trade is someone to keep an eye on and, this was his most successful game. He's right up there with the amount of tar- uh, snap share he's had, his most targets since he's gotten traded over, his best catch rate since he's gotten traded over. There are a lot of positive sides for him, and he's going up against Buffalo where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So I, I'm definitely interested in Dan Arnold. Would love to get him to fill in a tight end position. So only 4% roster, so widely available. Go get him. Another, and then the final two tight ends will kind of just combine because we've kind of mentioned them for a couple the past few weeks. CJ Uzama for the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting week for the Jets. You thought he would have a better game with that matchup, but still getting some work that's at least worth mentioning at 47% rostered. And Evan Ingram for the Giants. We haven't seen him play as we're recording this before Monday Night Football, but 31% rostered with that Giants banged up offense. He's always worth mentioning. So how are you prioritizing those two? Um, I, and I'm probably putting Azoma just a little bit above Ingram, but uh, but below Arnold and, and Farmuth. I think you know again Uzoma, he's still running the routes. He's not going to catch two touchdowns every week, so you know you can't bank on that. But the usage is good. Actually, four targets was I think was more than he's had in the last five or six weeks. So um, Evan Ingram, you know he he's he's always a little bit disappointing for the tight end that I think he should be. But, um, but again, you know, he's, he's still involved in that offense. The opportunity is going to be there, especially as the giants continue to kind of deal with injuries and, and, and all of that. So um, yeah, that's, I, I put Izoma as third and Ingram as fourth. I think it's probably how I'd rank him. I mean, maybe Ingram ahead of Uzama, depending on how we see things go on Thursday night, but I'm, I'm intrigued with, uh, with both of them and it's the tight end stashing play you know you're gonna play one of them see how it goes but the other two fire move and arnold i'm definitely more interested in so we'll transition over to the quarterback position and do what we've kind of just been doing not go one by one but you're gonna need to replace tom brady this week pretty good player and you're gonna be streaming quarterbacks so aj give me a couple of your favorite streams of the week at the quarterback position yeah the the good thing is tom brady is the only one out but if you have him then obviously you need to roster somebody else. Um, the, the best matchups I like are probably um, Derek Carr coming off a bye. He's playing the Giants. Uh, the Giants, again, not a good defense. They're pretty much ranked in the bottom third in, in almost every category defensively. Uh, Justin Fields, that's just one of those where if he's going to continue getting those uh, rushing attempts, he had 10 attempts for 103 yards uh, in, in week eight. So just that rushing potential alone vaults him into the, the potential QB1 status. So um, he's worth a flyer on that, um, even though they, they are playing Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, 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 he's somebody that, that I'd want to have on my roster in case this kind of trend continues. And then finally, probably, um, you know, some I, 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 I like both options of Tua Tagovailoa because he's playing Houston as an option. And again, if he comes back from a concussion, Taysom Hill, every time he, every time he plays Atlanta, he tears them up. So uh, there's something there. Atlanta is not a good defense. Um, and they are playing at home against Atlanta. So 
Um, if he comes back back from a concussion and they name him the starter over Trevor Simeon, then um, you know the, then he'll he'll could be a, a decent streaming option. Yeah, and I'll, I'll mention too Carson Wentz. He's around that same Derek Carr roster percentage that. He's above what we usually talk about, but it's worth mentioning. He's 50% rostered, and he gets the New York Jets this week. So he's right on that mm-hmm. list. But I do definitely like all these options that you threw out there. I'm, I'm curious about fields of Pittsburgh just because I think Pittsburgh's defense is starting to come into its own and maybe a more difficult matchup for him. Oh, really? I, oh, you do, Callan, really? A little, little bias has to come in once in a while, <laughs> but... Uh, so just real quick, rank the quarterbacks in terms. You mentioned some of your favorites. If you had to prioritize, we can throw Wentz in there, the top three in this. If you need to stream a quarterback, where how would you rank them for just this week? Um, if we throw Wentz in there, I'd, I'd probably go with with Wentz number one, just because uh, he's he's put a, he's put together a pretty good run, um, and in his matchup is good. But um, I think that if you need a lot of upside, I'm okay with going with Justin Fields for the hope that he has that that rushing game. But it's probably Wentz, and then as far as a safer option, Derek Carr, and then Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm going to put Taysom Hill. If he becomes a starter, you said he plays pretty well against Atlanta. It's another matchup yes. that I kind of like to play against. So if Taysom Hill is named the starter... He's probably number one to me in terms of most favorite. He's similar in that Jalen Hurts rushing upside that we've enjoyed this season. So he would be my number one guy if he is named the starter. Then I'd probably go Carson Wentz at two against the Jets and then Derek Carr against the Giants in terms of just this one week. Ben two was right with there that. too. But yeah, yep. two was right there too. So there's some good streamers this week that you should try and take advantage of. And same thing with the defenses. There's a couple matchups we'd like to take advantage of, but who is a good defense to try and pick up for streaming this week? So the the top three that I have, and again, I mean, it, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, right? You know, last week, last week we actually we actually did pretty good, Callan, as far as our uh, defensive picks. You know, Seattle scored 13 fantasy points. Cincinnati was fine, um, not as good as as expected with the uh, Mike White experience that we all. Uh, came to know and love from New York. Uh, and, but then Philadelphia was the number one defense on the whole slate. So um, we, we did okay with that. So continue playing these matchups. Miami is only 13% rostered. They're going against Houston at home. New Orleans is home against Atlanta. They have dropped down to 46% rostered. I think some some of the playing Tampa Bay might have had something to do with that. Um, even though, um, again, another really surprising uh, win from, uh, from week eight. But, um, and then finally, I, I, I'm going to go back to Las Vegas and say, you know, that I like the matchup. Um, again, I haven't really, you know, it, some of this, uh, we may look a little bit silly if they go off on Kansas city on Monday night, but, um, Las Vegas, you know, they still have kind of the number one pass rushing grade. Um, and Daniel Jones does not mind making mistakes. He will throw it to your team. So, um, uh, so I, I, with them still banged up, I like Las Vegas as kind of that third option of uh, of a good streamer for the for the week, especially with them coming off by and maybe being a little healthier. Yeah, I think that's a really good play. The Giants, we've talked about their the offense has been banged up. It's something that's worth keeping an eye on. But these are all really good matchups. And like you said, we did pretty good with streaming defenses. So we'll get a call right once in a while besides recommending you, Kenneth Gainwell. But I think you could take advantage of, you said it's a Houston matchup is very worth taking advantage of. The Giants are worth taking advantage of. And the Falcons could be a very easy matchup as well, as you've seen that Carolina has kind of played well against them without Calvin Ridley. So their offense is definitely not as good as we were hoping. So have some fun with that. Take advantage of those. And just like we always do to end the show, we're going to just go back through our top three to four each position. And we'll start the running back. How would you rank your, it's tough to say without knowing for sure who's there, but as we record this, how would you prioritize three or four of the top running backs for this week or for long-term? Yeah, for, for, for the next week, I'm going to say um, probably Adrian Peterson, number one and Carlos Hyde number two and Latavius Murray number three maybe for the rest of the season I might flip Murray and Hyde yeah I think I would for next week I probably would have it's tough I think long term Peterson would be and McNichols would be near top as long as that stays the same but for next week I might if you needed a win right now Carlos Hyde might be my top guy just for knowing for sure he's getting the work for this week but it's good. So I'd probably, I'd go 
I'll go Peterson, McNichols, Hyde, depending on for long term, and then flip Hyde to the top if it's for a long term situation or just for the one week, I should say. Trans- moving over to the wide receivers, how would you prioritize those three? Ooh, I'd probably go um, Rashad Bateman one, Devontae Parker number two, and then Mooney number three. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say I'll go Bateman at one. I like the, the Ravens offense and want to get as much as I can for that. I'll put Mooney at two. Yeah, and I, and I guess I'll go Parker three, just not knowing what the heck to do with this Green Bay receiving core. But mm-hmm. if Adams is out again, that's probably going to f- put Randall Cobb right in that mix as well. So he's a very close four and will probably jump into the top three if Adams is ruled out. But there's a lot of good options. Every receiver I might do what we've kind of talked about in the past where I just I let the top guys go, go for bigger money, and then just take the rest of the litter. They take whoever's left over who didn't go yeah. for as much. So that's going to be We talked about the tight ends. You like Dan Arnold the most. I mm-hmm. probably, as a biased Steeler fan, would put Pratt firing move above him but it's a very close one too and just for a little bit more upside but surprisingly once again we have some interesting tight ends tight ends is actually not it's been a wasteland but there's at least more guys worth talking about on waivers this year so aj anything else you want to mention before we wrap this up oh good luck out there everybody good luck with your running backs and go braves yeah, go, Let's finish go this. Braves. I didn't think we'd have to do this two weeks in a row, but go Braves Oof. end this series. But yeah, I think this is going to be. A, you have a lot. We have a lot of names to replace. A lot of key injuries this week. But check out check out the waiver wire column. You'll hear some more detail on these guys as you're making these bids. Pay close attention to the trade deadline. Is my how I'll end this. And just make sure, just to make sure you know for sure. I'm sure well, as soon as the trade comes out, we'll have some breaking articles come out with the site to let you know how that changes uh, for the outlook for these teams for the rest of the season. So keep an eye on the QB list, Twitter at the QB list. And as always, like I always say, come join our discord, come talk with us. We'll get breaking analysis pretty right in there. As soon as a trade goes down, hopefully for our sake, it's exciting and fun. And we see some big names moved kind of like we saw with Von Miller getting traded today. That was very interesting, but thank you again for listening to the, week nine waiver wire podcast we're about to be halfway through the season which is insane but good luck with your waiver this week